0: Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, So be sure to subscribe and of course, send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything. Be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Okay, today we're talking about cultivating self trust. And specifically, I'm going to give you six tips to address and to strengthen your own self trust. But before we can do that, of course, I'm going to define it for you and tell you why it's important because this is a phrase I think not that many people use. So self trust is is really a mindset, right? It's a mindset that makes you confident in knowing that you can do difficult things, that no matter what sort of comes your way, you can handle it. And having self-trust is important because it's really the basis for resilience and for success during challenging times. It's the way that people continue to get through and how, how they are able to access and leverage that mental and physical and emotional and spiritual strength that they do have Uh, Having that self-trust is how they're able to access it without just sort of falling apart when when a a significant challenge comes your way. So it's important to cultivate it. There are a lot of ways that you can do so uh, in times that are challenging, like right now, it's a tough time with the coronavirus uh, going on, challenging everybody. But you can also practice some of these things in your daily life when you're not having challenges to kind of flex and strengthen these muscles of cultivating self-trust. So I'm going to give you six ways. Let's get into those. The first is, perhaps not rocket science, make a list of times in the past in which you did something difficult that you did manage to come through with some kind of success to the other side. So life threw you a curveball and you handled it. Something came your way and you were okay. You managed it. So having a list of achievements and really tracking your wins is important. Uh, some people will call this a brag book or an achievement file. There's a lot of different words for this kind of thing, but uh, that's it's, an, it's very important to get, you know, right out there on paper in a concrete objective way, a list of times and things where you did something difficult and you came out with a successful outcome. The reason this is important is because of negativity bias. Uh, you know, sort of how this feels that you can get a whole lot of praise, and then just one criticism, and it may not even be that harsh criticism. And people will tend to focus on that one bad thing instead of all of the good things. So if you can get very concrete and visible uh, with all of the good things that you have in this brag book or achievement file, list of the times when you did demonstrate resilience and strength, and that you were trusting in yourself. Now, you know, you can trust yourself to do that again. So that's the first one, create that list or that file. Following from that is my second tip, which is to create an another file or collection of praise. So this is from other people because we do get praise, right? We also get criticism, we get constructive feedback, but from time to time, you'll get uh, a little note, an email, even uh, it can be verbal, uh, all of the little tiny things that we tend to not really uh, not embrace, not not soak in and not give really their due and not allow them to be durable. But words of affirmation are really important. And for many people, hearing that praise externally goes a very long way, but of course, it's in limited supply. I mean, we not we're not going to get compliments all the time all day, every day. That's part of why, uh, you know, some people have such a hard time on social media being very, very um, almost addicted to getting likes and retweets and and sort of external affirmation. But it is important to have a collection of praise. So whether these are evaluations, uh, whether these are letters of recommendation, or, or again, just simple notes that someone's given you or that you have written down when someone said something to you keep that as well and and maybe you can add these two files together that way you can see not only times that you did uh, achieve uh, success during difficult times but also those words of affirmation and praise that come externally so that we don't let negativity bias sort of cloud our view of what we're capable of then the third tip is you should detox your relationships a lot of people have relationships with people uh, who for for whatever reason, uh, shame or belittle them on a fairly regular basis. Um, a lot of people will sort of jokingly refer to their frenemies. You do not need to be around people like this. If you have, uh, somebody in, in, even if it is within, you know, your closer circle at work, uh, among friends, or even in your own family, if you have someone that is on a, on a consistent basis, making you feel bad, uh, then you can you sh- you can and should eliminate that person from your life stop putting yourself around those people you know though that kind of negative talk coming from others only adds fuel to uh, what al- almost all of us have inside our heads is some sort of amount of self-limiting belief or negative self-talk right? The narratives that we say about ourselves, like I can't do such and such, or I'm not good enough for blah, 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 or, you know, people will react or judge me in a certain way. So we have these sort of pre-existing negative beliefs that we use to hold ourselves back from things and talk ourselves out of things. And that that is um, a big topic even for another day, but it's so very powerful. And we do not need to feed it with other people reinforcing those negative beliefs. So take a look at your relationships and be mindful about who you're spending time with and whether or not they are helping you to foster that self-trust and that knowing that you can uh, do things and that you can learn new things and that you are good enough and that you are worthy and that people may react to you in in a way that you... Uh, like or don't like, but that either way you'll be okay. You know those are kind of the the answers to some of those self limiting beliefs. And you want to be around people and have good relationships that fuel that supportive side, so you can support yourself and cultivate that self trust. Not the side that fuels self limiting beliefs or negative narratives. Um, and in fact, you maybe want to spend some time finding a group that is. So uh, supportive where you can uh, not only have good relationships that help you, but where you can share uh, the things in lists one and two, right? You can share your achievements and people say, you know, they have a hard time uh, sort of bragging about themselves or people will look for an opportunity to do the humble brag, right? Where you just, but it's okay to celebrate wins and it's good to have a community where you can do so. So look for that as you're detoxing your relationships and as you're building uh, your, your lists of achievements and your collections of praise, look for people and relationships where you can share those, celebrate yourself and have other people celebrate that with you. Really important. Okay, number four Acknowledge your experience and your feelings. I think, you know, this is an idea that I learned about from a podcast listening to Brene Brown talking about how empathy, people often think about empathy as being limited. And that if we spend any empathy on ourselves, then we don't have any for other people. Uh, but she sort of suggested that, in fact, if you tend to your own emotions, then you have more empathy to go around to, you know, your family or friends, people who need you, even to complete strangers. But she talked about this idea of comparative suffering, meaning that, you know, well, how can I complain? Because, you know, it could be much, much worse. Other people have, you know, problems X, Y, and Z, which are just so much more than the problems I have. So I can't complain. And she sort of challenged that and said, of course you can, right? It might be true that other people have different problems and they may be worse problems. um, But you are certainly having your own experience and you're having your own feelings about it. And acknowledging those feelings, calling them out, naming them, and feeling, you know, accepting that you are having them, right? That 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 is how you are feeling. You don't have to reach some kind of threshold of badness in order to have some suffering. You don't need to compare your situation to somebody else's in order to sort of justify whether or not you're feeling good or feeling bad. So, Acknowledge your experience, acknowledge your feelings and know that it's okay to have them. This, I think, builds a lot of self-empathy, which goes part and parcel there with cultivating that self-trust to know that it's okay for you to acknowledge when you're not feeling strong and when you are uh, feeling some kind of suffering, that that is okay to have. Because if you bury that, then I think it really spills over into a way that does not help you respond to challenge in the, you know, sort of best, most effective way that you could. Okay, number five is to spend time with yourself. Now that may sound a little silly, but people do always talk about me time, right? Quote, unquote, me time. And it is important to spend some time with your own thoughts with your own sort of self and to tune into your own needs. This helps you to cultivate self-trust by knowing that you will take care of yourself, not just everybody else, but also yourself. And if you do that, um, by building those habits and demonstrating that you do spend time with yourself, tuning into your emotions, sort of acknowledging those experiences, paying attention to the relationships uh, that you're in, paying attention to the praise, paying attention to your wins and doing all those things we've already listed. And then also doing things that are just good for you or that you enjoy, hobbies, exercise, other kinds of practices. For me, one of the most important parts of, of my you know, spending time with myself is a meditation practice that I learned from a dear colleague, a medical school friend who's now a business partner of mine, um, who has some amazing uh, meditation and stress reduction resources on her own website. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. Come on over and check it out. Um, some, most of them I think are free. Some, of course she has paid programs, right? This is how she earns her living, um, because she is an expert and in meditation. She's also an internist. She and I went to medical school together, but taught me a really, really powerful meditation technique that I use to this day. And it has really, really helped me to respond more effectively to other stresses and basically be able to sort of self-regulate, uh, and, and, you know, not necessarily be um, a victim to my own uh, sort of emotions or 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 sort of knee jerk responses to things. And in times of stress, we all know that 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 is how we tend to react, right? People kind of snap, and they're they're much um, quicker to judge others, more quick to judge themselves, and not um, not really thinking as clearly or making the best decisions. So this meditation practice has really helped me to be able to do that. Of course, it doesn't make everything perfect, uh, but it makes a lot of things a whole lot better. And this is one of the ways in which I really try to spend time with myself uh, in that meditation practice, as well as with exercise and with hobbies and things like that. And then the sixth tip is just again, not rocket science, but to practice doing hard things, incremental measurable little goals that seem, you know, Doable, right? But that are difficult. One thing I did this month, and I actually had my very last day today, um, was a a squat challenge. So, this is a physical fitness challenge, um, building up to 250 squats in a single set. Now, for some of you who might be much more fit, you may think that's no big deal. Uh, Some of you probably uh, think the way I thought when I started the challenge, which was, there's no way I can do that. Like, no way could I make it to 250. But of course, it starts off incrementally with a a manageable number and moves up incrementally with a manageable number. So that by the end of the month, when today I did indeed do it, yay me, uh, finished my, uh, my goal, then that that continues to build that self trust to say, I looked at something that but from the outset seemed like it would not be achievable. But I practiced and put in sort of the discipline to do that work. You know, has that dramatically changed my body or done anything else? Not, not really. It's really more of an exercise sort of in um, self-discipline and in self-trust. I trust myself that if I start, if I do the process, uh, that I can do something. And in this case, it's a physical something, but it could be mental, it could be emotional, it could be spiritual, any kind of challenge or incremental goal that you want to set for yourself, that I can do things uh, that are difficult. And obviously, a squat challenge is difficult on a much different level than a national pandemic, uh, divorce, being fired from a job or any number of, of some of the major types of things. But again, in the same way, we don't have to have comparative suffering, we don't need to have sort of comparative practice, you can practice your self trust. And you can practice that on things that are relatively low stakes, right? Like my 30 day squat challenge. And so there you go, there are six ways to cultivate self trust, which is the backbone of your resilience, your ability to make it through tough times, to have that mental, physical, emotional and spiritual fortitude to respond effectively, make good decisions, and not fall apart when that's maybe exactly what you might feel like wanting to do. Uh, And with with practice, and with some of these habits of uh, keeping your, you know, tracking your wins, tracking your achievements, uh, tracking and collecting the praise of others, detoxing your relationships and finding those good support of relationships, acknowledging your own experience and your own feelings, spending time with yourself and doing simple practice Uh, that helps you achieve measurable goals so that you can demonstrate that you can trust yourself to do it. This is what's going to increase your resilience, make you better able to respond effectively in tough situations, whether it's personal, professional, or both, no matter what life throws your way, and it will throw some things your way, it will now and it will continue to forever, you will know that you can handle it. So now you know what self-trust is, you know why it's important. You've got six tips to increase and practice cultivating your own self-trust and know that I'm rooting for you. Whatever life throws your way, you should be rooting for you and know that you can do it. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now.